Hello, it's been far too long since I was given the chance to speak. I've been on holiday and spent the last seven weeks in Benny Dorm on a placement to try and become the next next sticky Vicky. I'm walking like John Wayne. Anyway, we're back at it again and this week we have one of the nicest most down-to-earth guys we've ever met, it's Sam Hornby, Sam Hornby. This is going to be a good one. It's the lower league look. 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 I did there. Guys, we're back. We are back. We're back. Oh, it's been a little while since we've been in the studio, isn't it? How do I point? I forgot I genuinely forgotten how to point. It's mirrored again. Right, we've got we've got Chris, who isn't Chris anymore because Chris left, but we've got third. We've got with us tonight former Bradford goalkeeper, current Colchester goalkeeper. We've got Sam Hornby. Sam, I've got this for you, a little stat. 106 professional appearances you've had so far in your career. No goals. What's up with that? <laughs> you know what? I've actually been up to a few corners as well. I've actually... Um, when did I go up? Bolton at home for Bradford in yeah. the COVID season. I remember going up for the corner, if you remember correctly, 1-0 down. I down a lot that season. Right at, the, right at the death of the game, obviously. And it was a corner. I remember it just literally must have just gone over my head. I went out the other side. Oh, I can't remember who put it back in. And it's Robbie's absolutely wrapped one in the top corner. Oh, yeah, listen, who, who makes that show? By the way, is it? Do you just look at? Do you just look at the gaffer and go? I think I can I go? Over, yeah. Or does the gaffer go? Fucking get up there! Get up there! I've had both before, where I've had obviously the other way, where I've looked, and then I've just got as if to say, "What are you doing, you idiot? Just stay there." But then I've also got, like you just said, the arms are going. There's like just everyone behind him's going, get up, go, go on, go on. Um, but yeah, I haven't scored. Um, so hopefully, well, change that. I don't want to be in that position, to be honest, to go up. Well, no one wants to be in that position. But do you not feel like when you, them, them times when you've got up for the corner as you're getting close to the box, do you ever just think to yourself, oh, this could be it. This is this is it. I'm going to do this. Imagine if this goes in. What's what has what's I'll going through your head at that said, point? I'd be lying if I said I never thought that. To be honest, when you're jogging <laughs> over the halfway line, do you have a celebration set in mind just in case? Or I think I just could be, be shirt off, run round <laughs> like a madman. <laughs> I think genuinely think I'd be stupid, yeah. Like oh, shirt that, off, a, just run around like you've just—I don't know. I'm, I'd, uh, hey, we could see in the near future, and then you can tag me in this, and then we'll—that'll be yeah. the celebration. Shirt off, running around like a madman. I think we should pick you a celebration. Like, I think we should uh, find a dance. And you've got to learn that dance. Then you, then you've got to score a goal. Oh, and that is your dance. celebration. Stick no, you would me. No chance. <laughs> Do the robot. <laughs> Shirt off, running around. Shirt off, running. <laughs> as well, probably, which would be just start flossing. <laughs> yeah, oh, there's loads you can do. Uh, well, thanks for joining us. It's uh, it's it's a week late. Sam, tell us tell us what happened. What happened last week? Um, our game against Barrow was rearranged for a Tuesday night, and as a lot of people can imagine, from Colchester across the country and up, it's a uh, on heck of a journey. 
Uh, we went up there Monday night, Monday afternoon, sorry, stayed over. And then we stayed over again on the Tuesday night after the game. And then we just travelled all the way back Wednesday and I was absolutely shattered. And I'll be honest, I got home at about six o'clock and I lay on the sofa over there and I just fell asleep for about three hours. And the next thing I do, I'll wake up to a, a message off you, a message off my agent, Dan. <laughs> we thought um, there was something wrong. We, we, we were like, has anyone heard yeah. from him? No, oh. that, that, I can only apologise for that. But Barrow Away on a Tuesday night is one of the, from down here anyways, I think the idea of a travelling game, like, uh, just mental, mad. Yeah, to be fair, I'll be honest with you, up until now, I didn't know you stayed over on the Tuesday. I, I thought... You travelled back overnight, and you you just your body clock was messed up. So, so if we'd have known you were travelling back on the Tuesday, we wouldn't have arranged. Sorry, travel back on the Wednesday, we wouldn't have arranged it for the Wednesday. <laughs> so there you go. It's your fault as well. Isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's your agent's fault. Yeah, that's true. Yes. Well, no, it was last. Uh, it was last minute from the club, I think, to decide to stay over mm. again. Which I think, in the the long run of recovery and all sports science, I think that was the probably the more the more beneficial thing to do for, for all of us. Yeah. Yeah, fair play. Well, you're here now. So yeah. we managed to get we managed to get some more games that we can talk about. But before we go into this season, we're gonna go back further back than you 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 may have forgotten some of these things because Grant's been quite excited because there's a certain point in your career where you went on loan from Bradford. And you went on loan from Bradford to Fylde. Yeah. Now Grant's a massive Dave Challoner fan. Because he's a Hartlepool fan, yeah. And Grant wants to talk to you about Dave Challoner, if I like. <laughs> so, because yeah, if I really, no, I was just say because Dave Challoner when he brought he brought you in, Fylde had conceded twenty nine goals in fifteen games when they brought you in because he said that the goalkeeper's confidence was just gone. They needed some new blood to come in, and you, you came in on that. How does a loan come about? How how does a club approach you to go out on loan? Um, well, if I tell the, I'll be honest, in the truth, truthful situation in how this actually came about, I'll be honest, the, I came to the club in the summer mm-hmm. uh, to Bradford. Rich had been played all last, the previous season, O'Donnell, done well. And he got given the number one jersey fine. He was the number one. He was a more older, me, a more senior goalie. I was three years ago. Was it three, four years 20, ago? 2019, yeah. Yeah, good. 2019, man. so obviously I was the younger goalkeeper. Um, it's my dog. Um, I, thought, sorry, I thought it was going to be Grants that started barking, don't worry. I thought it was um, seriously. I don't know why he's barking. Um, so, sorry, yeah. Uh, and my game time had been limited. I played in the Czech trade, it was back then, the Carabao Cup, I think. But league games had been... Non-existent. Right. There wasn't going to be, I don't think, an opportunity to play in there because Richard done so well, which is fair enough. You've just got to accept it. And I was becoming more and more frustrated with this lack of game time. And it kind of, what would I say? I'll be honest, it boiled over with John Bourne at times. I was quite frustrated and I'd be, I'd be answering back probably like a child. I'll be brutally honest towards yeah. John Bourne and... John Bourne just said to me, the goalie coach, you need to grow up. You're not going to play. You need to get your head around it and you need to grow up. And I remember him having that conversation with me 
which was a, it was a tough conversation to hear because no one ever wants to be told you need to grow up. You need to like basically accept it that you're not going to play. And then I remember coming in the next, was it the next game or the next day? So that was on the Tuesday, day off on the Wednesday in on the Thursday. And I think I remember getting a text off of a mate that was at filed saying, oh, I've heard you might be coming in. And I think then after the weekend, it was on the Saturday afternoon um, or the Friday afternoon. I think yeah. Gary Bowyer had said to me, look, what do you think about going out on loan? I think it would be best for you. And I said, like, fine, I want to go and play games. I need to go and play games. And so then I went out then on the Monday, if I'm correct in saying, after a game at Valley Parade, I was on the bench. And then I went on the Monday. And then that was part of, like, I the way me and John Vaughan had this conversation, I feel like that bonded us, our relationship and made yeah. it so much better we cleared the kind of cleared the air i heard some home truths which probably no one wants to hear and i can't thank him enough for, for speaking to me about it and telling me because then season after season working with him it was the best seasons i've had with under him i was got yeah. on with him it was our relationship it was almost like we had this instant well this chat we'll call it an instant and it made me realize and then i'm coming back in the next season because it was the season covid hit wasn't it yeah yeah, uh, yeah back in like a new person fresh i'd heard it from him and i couldn't wait to get working with him it was almost like right he's told me this right i'm just gonna be a yeah. sponge now i've heard it i know what i need to do and then i just feel like i've kicked on from there working under him that's do, do you think that that has helps propel your career like helps you get you sort of get that mentality to break into a first team is that oh 100 yeah without a shadow of doubt i cannot honestly put <laughs> obviously there's a lot of other aspects that go into it but hearing what he had to say to me yeah i cannot <laughs> not thank him because i don't think he wanted to say it because i don't think anyone wants to but i respect him so highly now yeah after he had that chat even more, I'm thinking that's made me realise that sometimes you might not play. And I had, I, it was strange because I played at Port Vale for a bit. Yeah. And then brought in Scott Brown, who's top class League Two goalie, League One goalie, and has been all his career. So, like, I was learning from him. So then I think because I had this maybe mindset of oh, I'm going to the biggest club in League Two, unreal opportunity. Maybe if I'd realised... Can, that... can we just clip that? Can I clip that little... <laughs> that, just that, that bit there. <laughs> um, like, maybe I should have realised that it's going to be another year of learning like you did last year. You've got to take your steps slowly, slowly, build it up, build your respect, build your name up slowly, slowly. Because as a goalie, you've got years on your side, unlike yeah. outfield players, which is, which is true. So, yeah, I think that... It really set, set me in good stead going forward, I think, and, and progressing then in my career. And I always think about what he said to me. Nowadays, now working day in, day out, the way he told me to, how he told me to act, do stuff, be a sponge, even how old I am now. I'm not old, old, but be a sponge. They'll try and learn off everyone. So I think it has, 
I can't like speak highly enough. Like I said, of this chat that we had, I'm not going to go into details of word. <laughs> it was it was, it was needed, I think, at the right time, and it came along at the right time for my career. Anyway, it's, it's difficult though as a goalkeeper because you can you kind of touched on that. You said as a goalkeeper, you've got age on your side, but as a goalkeeper, there is only that one spot in the club, isn't there? If you're a striker, you could potentially be looking at two, or a midfielder, you could be looking at kind of three or four potential roles there for you to play in. But as a goalie, there is just you competing with usually one other person for that one spot. Yeah, and I think that's part of the nature of the beast, isn't it? You've got to be realised that, like when I was first coming to Bradford, if I'd really used my mind and sat down properly about it, thought I might not play so learn develop yourself do more off the pitch go to the gym more you can afford to beast your body more because you're not gonna be used on a Saturday so you kind of got to use well like now use the time when I don't think I used my time effectively when I was in out the team at Bradford when I first got there yeah so then that spoiled over into me, like you say, going out on loan and then being that one that was playing. So, But then I was going into a dressing room where there was two of the goalies, which are very good goalies. One's James Montgomery and Dan Lavercombe were very good, are very good goalies. So it's like, it was tough yeah. for me going in, like you said, knowing that I'd been brought in. So it was like a bit, it was a tougher situation to be in. It is difficult. Um one question just about just before, obviously you mentioned that relationship that that kind of you had that kind of boiling point that got you to that point where you needed to realize what you needed to do but being that there's only one place and there's yourself and in you know last season for the first half of it there was yourself and Richard O'Donnell at Bradford how hard is it to to be friends with the other goalkeeper when you you know that you want that spot is there a is there that I don't want to say attention because I don't think it's attention of Richard O'Donnell. We've, we've, we've interviewed Richard. He's, he's not that guy. Um, but do you ever find that, you know, there is a little bit of maybe animosity between the guy who's sitting on the sidelines waiting to get in towards the guy that's that's playing every week, especially if you see maybe a run come together where there's a, you know, a loss, a, a, a series of losses in a row. And you think, you know, I, I would have done this there. I could have probably saved that. Is that how it works or is it, is it quite easy to get along with them? No, I feel like I've, whenever I've worked with someone, I've had that, that respect for them. Hmm. And I'll have respect for someone if they're older or younger than me, because at the end of the day, we're all vying for that one spot. But we're all, our main aim goal is to win, isn't it? And, and be, yeah. do your best for the team. And then you seek rewards then with the team going up in the table. And then your end game, end goals like promotion or win the league. Like, so I think, I get when people say it could be tough. It, it is tough at times when you find yourself out of the team. But then the best thing for me is is having that respect for the other goalie because if you don't, then your oh yeah, your time's just going to be hard, isn't it? You're going to go into work every day and you're going to be a bit sheepish. There's going to be issues. So like, yeah. I think it's best if you do get on. Obviously, I can't speak for everyone else, but I'd like to say that. Every time I've been in a club with another goalie, I feel like we have got on and we've had a good relationship. That's good. That's good. So, failed. What I was going to say, what I did like about that season at failed, I'm in comparison to Bradford's season that season, has you just made the FA Cup third round that year? 
Yeah, we got. What did we play? Um, Sheffield United, like. Yeah, yeah. Bradford didn't let me play in the first round. It was away to Nantwich. Beat yeah. them. And then we played. Who did we play in the second round? They were the lowest ranked team left in the competition. I can't remember who it was off the top of my head. You should, you should have this stat. We, hey, Grant's just brought this. Grant's so, just thrown this. We don't cover the FA Cup. We cover League well, Two. Bradford, Bradford were play, they played Shrewsbury in the FA Cup that round and they lost in the they lost didn't they because that's why yeah. they let me play I think because they obviously lost they, in were the replay. they lost in the replay I am um, and then I've got your third round tie I am um, four filed up just now against Sheffield, Sheffield United made. away yeah yep. yeah um, I remember I that in, but I can't remember who the we were lucky with that draw to prefer who the um, a great draw for great draw for Fylde. Phenomenal oh, oh, draw that. Like, unbelievable. I remember um Kingstonian. Kingstonian away, that was it. Yeah. Just had a Google. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> you got there before me. I was trying I to do it. I was, well. trying to, I was trying to type it in really quick. I spelled Fylde wrong three different times. Um I think if I was correct, they were the lowest ranked team left in the competition. Um and it, obviously it's look of the draw, isn't it, with that how that works. Um yeah. It's great when you come in with that opportunity. If you are a club and we use national, use national league at that time. National league, yeah. Yep. And then you draw Kingstone and you go, oh, do you know what? We've got a right good chance of getting a plum tie here in the third round. Yeah. And for Fylde, I think Sheffield United's a fantastic tie at that yeah. time. Oh, without a shadow of that. And I think because there was confidence building, and I think Jim Bentley had just taken over. Um, that wasn't Dave Chalner was had gone by then. Yeah, he went um, about a, a month or two after you came in, didn't he, Chalner? I think. No, it was. I thought he went. You know what? I think it was time. two games. Oh, was it that only? Was it only that? Mm. Oh, well, how was your quick fleeting visit with Dave Chalner? <laughs> I I'd always because obviously when I was at Kidderminster, oh. um, it was us and Kid, Kidderminster and Fylde battling it out for the title, uh, and. Dave Chalner was the manager of Fylde then. And I'd always come across him because I've, I've, I've had a few loans in the, the National League North with Brackley and yeah and so on. Um, and I'd always come across his teams and knew what they were. And I think I've, I had a lot of respect for him for what he's done in with those teams and how he's always had the success. Um, and he's it's, it's, it's a proven winner, isn't he? It, in the National League, the National League North as well. And then obviously in League Two, he's got his team promoting into League Two. And now they're doing doing well. They're on a really good run in League Two. So two I, years in I a think row Dave well. is a very he's a very good manager. Yeah. T- two years in a row, he brought he brought Hartlepool up the year before. Um, well, yeah. So in the playoffs, yeah, yeah. We watched that. Grant wouldn't talk to any of us while that game was on. That was horrible, and also that goes back to goalkeepers going up and scoring, doesn't it? Yeah, Jeez, the oh. talky goalkeeper went up in the like the ninety fifth minute for a goal. Oh, yeah, the Lucas Kovlan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We won't we won't talk about Lucas Kovlan. <laughs> no, he said, he said yeah. Mainly because I think that he'll come to me out. He scared, <laughs> he scares me, does Lucas Kovlan? So you go to Fylde, you, you played. 22 games for Fylde, and then you come back to uh, you come back to Bradford. Start of the next season, which is the full season in COVID, isn't it? Yeah, behind closed doors stuff. Yeah, yeah. 
how was that as a as especially as a goalkeeper? Because you played, you know, you played a fair few games. You played twenty one games that season uh, for Bradford. How is it? Because you're on your own as a goalkeeper at the back, especially if your team's pushing forward. How is it with no fans at all? It's gonna be um, weird. One of the strangest football season. I think a lot of people say one of one of, if not the strangest thing that you can ever play. Because especially the run that we got on in that time when I um when I was playing, like I'm saying, but the way we were going. And you imagine Valley Parade, bums on seats there. And the way we were going, it would have been bouncing. Yeah. Uh, but we're playing. Everyone was the same, wasn't they? We were playing in front of nobody. Um, it was. It was. It was hard. Harder because it felt. I don't know. They just felt like. I can't describe how weird it was because it was just strange. You turn up to games. You're getting changed in bars, concourses. Also, were you not, were you not in the dressing rooms or anything? No. So. I'll give you an example. Wow. We went to Cheltenham, Wadham Road. Wadham Road? Yeah. The old... uh, yes, no, I think so. Yeah? It's League One. I think Cheltenham, that. whatever it's called now. <laughs> Cheltenham. Um, we get changed in a bar. Uh, which is this, for, is this for social distancing so that no one... Yeah. So you all weren't in a small, small area. Yeah, so you imagine like a big like a bar and there's just chairs dotted around. We went to South End. We got changed in the concourse. Um, where all the food for the, the fans gets, obviously, where they stand and have a drink. Uh, where else was that? Did you just travel down together on a bus? We had two coaches. I think we were the, one of the only clubs in League Two that had the two coaches. Because I remember seeing teams away, they're all in one. But I think the club, obviously, rightly so, it was a, it was a, a really like bad time, wasn't it, for the health of everyone? Yeah. Um, it was, and we'd been lucky to have football back on. So I think that our, especially Bradford, took a lot of, and rightly so, a lot of like precautions and did everything um, spot on. I think on, we're actually the exactly. only club. Though. I think we're the only. I think Bradford are the only club still now that have some restrictions in place. Um, the club have not. They've never gone back to how it was before. They've kept mm. restrictions in place, which I. Like I go to, to to do work over. I mean, I was at Grimsby the other week. You'd have never known. Like it was insane. But at Valley Parade, there are such strict guidelines as to who can go where and when they can go there. And at a certain time, you can't go past this point because there's a potential that the player might, any player may come out, and they're not going to risk. It's they did go very very extreme, but in the right way. I don't think there was too too extreme in those scenarios. Um, no. But I think the I think the obviously the change rooms at Valley Parade aren't it's not the biggest, is it? Uh the home one. Um and yeah, so they've got the staff change rooms, you know, down the stairs as you walk out on that the astro bit. So like the starting eleven would be in the yeah. main dressing room, then the subs would be in the um the staff changing room. So it was like bits like that, they were just making sure everything was so you were so safe and secure in yeah. the football environment and bubble because of how what what everything was going on with like the like the spread of of the virus. So it was a yeah, yeah. it was just quite a reassuring thing knowing that the club were doing everything. 
Did you yeah. miss the banter with Did you miss the banter with away fans? Because I always um, love what you hear going on between the goalkeeper and away fans when it's switched the other way around. I quite I quite like it. Like I feel like you have to as a goalie like this year where we were swindling away. And we spun them round first half. So obviously there's one half with fans and one half isn't without, isn't there? Um and I was running towards the goal and I was just getting loads of stick. Like I'm not gonna say what it was on here, it was just <laughs> I can imagine. And I just started laughing. Like, and I think when I started laughing, they almost were like, No, nah, he's actually all right, and they just yeah. carried on, but then they were laughing. Do you know what I mean? I don't think you can run up to them and or run towards the goal, in my opinion, have like a straight face and be like no, shut up. Well, because you just like, you just get it all game, won't you? Yeah, and I think with like if you show that kind of I don't know personality, isn't it? Yeah, really? a bit of personality and a bit of like laughter. I feel like they respect you a bit, and they're not going to be. They'll just say it to try and wind you up, don't they? And get the reaction. But if you laugh and smile, then you're not giving them the reaction they wanted. So it's almost like well. If you laugh and you smile, you'll probably get some even funnier ones as well. That's what I mean. It gets funnier, like with what they say. Like some of it is, some of it's ridiculous. But and I, I, I genuinely just laugh at it. I won't ever say anything back. Like I just literally laugh. I would. That's why I couldn't do it. That's not. I was gonna. Say, I was just about to say that's why I couldn't be a professional footballer. But that's not the only reason I couldn't be a professional footballer. I can't two kick two a football. Feet. Yeah. Wait, hey, Grant. I'd love to have two left feet. I'm left footed. I've got two right feet. That's my issue. Um, but yeah, no. It's. I would say. I, I don't. I'd end up saying something. So, you, you, Bradford, you come back. You've had that season behind closed doors. Stuart McCall leaves halfway through. I think he left sort of early December, wasn't it? Um, yeah. And then, or was it early January? It was one of the two. Um, and then Mark Truman and Connor Sellers, they take over for the remainder of the season. And to be honest, they did a tremendous job from, you know, with with looking at the first half of the season to the second, it was, it was night and day, wasn't it? Um, Stuart McCall... Obviously, Bradford legend. I, I, for me, I have to separate Stuart McCall now when I talk about him. There's Stuart McCall, the player, and Stuart yeah. McCall, the manager. And I think legend as a player, he's not been a, a great. He's a phenomenal coach, but he's never worked as a manager for us. What was what was that like? Obviously, you know what Stuart McCall means to the club. He's your manager. Obviously, you've had Gary Boyer, who's come and gone. Um, I think he. had Ended up at Salford at that point. I think Gary Boyer had gone on to Salford. Um, yeah, I think McCall's, that was the, McCall's the big name. He's the, the you know he is Bradford City, and then he gets sacked. What's the feeling around the place when you you come into a manager having been dismissed? Not just with McCall, but you know Boyer. So Boyer was probably a bit easier to take, in my opinion. But well, I've had it down. I've had it down here. I've as well recently. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's I, in my opinion, I you almost feel a bit. Could I have done more? Could we have done this? Could we have done that? Because you like I. My opinion is you should. I'd never want to see anyone lose the job. Yeah. Um, whether or not you played under the manager or you didn't, he's in charge. He picks the team. He picks what he thinks best. So I think it's it's a tough. What would I say? It's a tough information to take on board when it happens because yeah. of the fact you think oh, we've let him down or 
we're not in this good run or we've could we have done this could we have done that yeah I, that's how i feel anyway i don't know other mm. players or i can't speak for anyone else but then the big saying in football is how quick it moves on isn't it so then the nasty part of someone losing the job is there's another opportunity then for someone else to come in um and like you said Stuart McCall lost his job can't remember where where we were in terms of results or table wise i want to say that we and i'm only saying this because it seems to be the case all the time i want to say that we just lost to oldham um yeah because was that bit of a curse wouldn't they roll them away yeah yeah, and then last season, Derek Adams got sacked the week before Oldham because we we're like, we're not going down there <laughs> losing to Old to Oldham at that point. But yeah, so it's yeah that I think I think it was Oldham or yeah, around so the Oldham game. I think you have to then respect the decision that's been made because at the end of the day, we're the ones that are then going to go over on that white line and change things. There yeah. might be a fresh idea. There's going to be a fresh facing. So then it's almost a bit like lads that aren't in the squads or haven't been starting. It's kind of a bit of a a fresh slate for everyone and a clean a clean slate. And and then it's I don't I just think it's tough to to always find that news out. Mm-hmm. But then you get a day or whatever you have a day off next and then you're back in on the Monday, say if it's after a Saturday game. And you've just got to get back to work. You've got to then affect what's happened what's happened has happened so then all you can affect is what's coming up if there's a game on the tuesday or the game on the saturday so you've got to be yeah time to get your head down and work even harder because you need to just work harder to get out of this situation we're in we were in um, how's that period in between managers i know you've had that again recently i'm at colchester yeah. where you have an interim in place how's the atmosphere within a club when you're working with an interim um I've had quite both ends of the scales with this because obviously Mark and Connor came in on an interim basis mm-hmm. at Bradford and results spoke for themselves, didn't they really, with that? And they deserved their opportunity that they got. I will never say that they did. They picked us up when we were down there and we kicked on, barched on, went to some tough places, got good results, got big wins. But then I've also had it down here now where they've made it abundantly clear that this is an interim basis. Um, and <laughs> we won't be managers and we're not going to take on. And that was what it was here. It was uh, Steve Ball and Ross Embleton were made it abundantly clear that we're here to help out and then we're going to find a manager. So I think it's, it's, it's tough because then they'll have their opinions on who should be playing, don't they? And it's a bit like, is it hard to make yourself really when you've got that's that's what I was going to say when someone says we're going to only be near for we're here for maybe one or two games but then I think you always need to be in a situation like that I was out of the team so I was mm. thinking right get your head down and work hard you might get put back in because people change stuff you don't know what they're thinking what their opinion is so I find it in my opinion where if that's there, whatever the case is, if they're there for one game or like Mark and Connor proved to be there for the rest of the season, you need to give your all for the build-up for that one game because they might then be there all season. You don't know. You can't just think, ah, oh, he's only here for a week. I'll just kind of toss it off and just sit back and then wait till the manager because that's what... It's not like your substitute teacher at school, is it? <laughs> no, and I think 
what a lot of people people talk in football, don't they? The industry is so yeah. small. Yeah. So it takes one phone call, doesn't it, to say, well, he tossed it off the other week because he thought he wasn't going to be in charge. But now look at him, he's in charge and he's found himself even more down the pecking order. Yeah. And you never, you never know when you're going to work with someone again in football. Exactly. I don't know if in my future I might work with Gary Bowie, Stuart McCall, Wayne Brown. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, you don't know, do you? You don't know yeah. where they're going to get jobs again and if they might ring you and say... So I don't feel like you can ever burn bridges or um, be disrespectful or not try for anyone. Like For me, I think oh, people managers say, well, he gave me his all. He tried his hardest and he tried his best. So, so I think that aspect is it's one of the hardest kind of middle periods that I you get in yeah. football, in my opinion, in managers. I, I can imagine it quite... So- Truman and Sellers came in. They came in interim, and then they were given that that long term contract, weren't they? They were literally given the job. Do you think they deserved longer than they got? Because the summer came and they were they were put back, and then Derek Adams came in. Do you think that they should have been given the start of the next season to to see how it went, or did they know towards the end of the season they weren't going to get to to carry on? Um, I, mean, I can't. I think that's above my pay grade, isn't it? To say whether or not. No, I mean, did did you guys feel that yet. they weren't the ones to take you forward at um, that point, or? I don't know. It was tough, wasn't it? Because obviously we had that real good run. Mm-hmm. I don't know of how many games, and then we. It was thir- thirteen unbeaten. I think we went at one thirteen time. games unbeaten in any league is really good, yeah. really really good. So if you look at that. And then I don't know how many games were left in the season then, but it was a freak year, wasn't it? With COVID, we were yeah. playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. There was loads of games. We were hardly having time on the training pitch with them to implement their training ideas. So it was like there were really a big bit of fresh air. Like there yeah. were kind of the modern day coaches. Um, and you see that now with where Mark is still now, learning his, his trade under uh, Mark Hughes and the still at the yeah, club yeah. and then yeah. I want to say Connor I could be wrong is he a Hull uh, I don't you know, I don't actually know I know someone he, I know said it to left. me the other day that he's at Hull so I might be completely wrong but their their coaching pathway is still there so they, it proves that they're good people and they're good coaches um, yeah under 23s at Hull yeah see a bit of info for you as well look at Don't that google for that do we um, i had to google it to check but yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah i don't know if look i ryan's made, ryan made his decision didn't need to to bring in uh who we bought in uh but yeah look i don't think we finished great did we in that season after that 13 game unbeaten run no, we were we were within. I think at one point, I think we were like four points off the playoffs, and we were on this blinding run, and then it just kind of stopped. Yeah, and then we ended up tailing off a bit. And I mean, it's yeah, it was it, hindsight. I don't know. I think maybe if you give them preseason and first whatever, how many games you feel, you might have. It might have worked. You, you just don't know, do you? But then the manager who they brought in was available, weren't they? So that's the thing you're missing, missing out. Yeah, and, and and I think we, in hindsight, you look back at Derek Adams at Bradford, and it didn't work. Um, Bradford's, you know, he did well at Morecambe. He did phenomenal at Morecambe that that first time round to get them up. 
Bradford is a different kettle of fish. It's, there's a there's a pressure there that's not really seen at other clubs in this league. And he he was the correct appointment at the time. No one could complain about that appointment. No one could look at Derek Adams coming in and go, "That's a that's a bad choice" because he, he has the record. It it didn't work. You could see. I don't want to say you could see early on, but there were there were some signs that it was maybe not going to go how we wanted it to. And then obviously there's the the infamous interview where you won't get any better than me at this level. And then out of nowhere, Mark Hughes comes along. But before we get to Mark Hughes, because you'll have had, I'm guessing you had interactions with Mark Hughes, obviously, before you left the club. Uh, yeah, limited. Limited interactions. Okay. We'll come to that, but Derek, in your last season, you were you started the season as the, the backup to Richard O'Donnell. Richard came, he, he did what he did. We ended up on a bit of a bad run. You were brought in to replace Richard. He was he was dropped to the bench. You were brought in as the number one for a while. And Richard was talking to Hartlepool. You know, transfer window came open in January. He was talking to Hartlepool. We asked him about this. It was a permanent transfer. He was going, and then overnight. You just went like completely out of nowhere for us, from us fans. Did that come as as much of a shock for you as it did for the fans? Because you weren't just you didn't just got in the side. The fans had really taken to you. I mean, you were the first goalkeeper in a long time that had his own champ. Yeah. Um, did that come as a surprise to you out of nowhere? Really? Um, if I'm being honest, we'll go back right to how this kind of snowballed. So we played. Rochdale away, drew nil nil, foot nil nil, clean sheet, done well. Obviously, you're never going to take every game for granted, but I thought yeah. perfect. Derek Adams gets us in on Sundays if there's a Tuesday game. So Sunday morning, I'm driving up with my girlfriend because we're well, what are we doing? We're going to go somewhere on the way back um, just to break up the weekend to have a bit of a weekend. Yeah. And Rich rings me, and I'm. Well, was I was on the just about to get on the M six oh six off the M sixty two, right by my house. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, just to let you know, um, Alex Bass is here. And I was like, what? A bit like just drew nil nil. Played, I don't know, who played for done well. I feel like I'm finding like I was getting games. I was like happy. I was buzzing because I was playing. I was playing well. We were picked up a bit, didn't we? We had some good results. You had and a relationship thought, with the fans as well. Yeah, like say, that, that, it, was, was, that of... was more of a a bigger thing as well for me because obviously my first year I'd been non-existent. If I'm being honest, I went on loan, didn't I? Like I said, I didn't yeah. get any game time in the league. And then second year was COVID and it was almost like the first time the fans had properly seen me. Yeah. Um, so I was like, I'd got a relationship with them. I felt they were kind of buying into me. Like, thought, yeah, like I, I felt respected by all the fans. And yeah, and when he told me that, I was just like, huh? I just couldn't, I couldn't like, like get my mind to why he's bought someone in. Mm-hmm. Bear in mind, there was arguably other, I'm not going to start saying, oh, we should have bought this, that, and this in. But arguably other positions that we could have strengthened in because yeah, numbers yeah. were a bit bare in those aspects. Um, so, yeah, he rang me and said that. And I remember turning to my girlfriend just going, 
like, am I shit or something? <laughs> like, that was my exact <laughs> word. <laughs> what did, wait, here's the most important thing. What did she say? <laughs> she just laughed at me. Like, <laughs> but coming off a nil-nil at Rochdale away, like, obviously the fans were unreal that day. I remember it packed out that whole end. And I remember yeah. my name being chanted near the end. Um, and I really felt like, kind of, Felt confident going out there, playing in front of every, like playing in front of phone, the crowds. Phone yeah, your feet, good. phone your space. Yeah, I thought this is me now. Fucking, excuse my language. <laughs> put, your, right. put your foot to the floor, and you just kick on from there. Like you just get more game, bang, 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 and and that happened. And it was just like, and I remember speaking to John Vaughan. I was like, Vaughan, what's going on? And he just, I don't know if you say. He just went, I don't know. Like that was there were a lot and, of confusion, weren't there, at that point as well? Yeah, because I'd had my relationship with John now had blossomed and grown and grown. I knew he didn't have a clue. Genuinely, he would have told me. Um, mm. And, yeah, so then we had, I remember this so well. We trained on the Monday, didn't name the team. And then we had Warsaw away on the Tuesday night. And we were at the village in Warsaw, Barma House. Like I'd met the coach there. I'd had time to like. Sorry. I'd had time to. <laughs> Stretching place. Dogs going mental. Dinner look. Is it right? I'm sitting there. Old to try and get more dinner. I'm sitting there trying to play with mine to stop him scratching the back door. Uh, <laughs> my, do- um, my dog's asleep, so you know. He's just, he's honestly when he wants more dinner, he just. People have Zooms and like my girlfriend, when she works, they just go mad on Zoom. When he, ever you're on a Zoom or something, <laughs> it's like he knows what to do. No. So, um, yeah, Warsaw away on the Tuesday night. So then we're in the hotel on the Tuesday for pre-match. And I'm sat there in the villages, you know, by the, they have those big screens, don't they? Hmm. And Mark Truman walks out and I look and he just like points and just goes like, the manager wants to speak to you. And I was thinking, well, I know what's coming here. Like, don't make a rocket scientist to work out what you're going to say to me. And he just said, I'm bringing in Alex Bass. He's going to play. And I said, well, I don't want to sit here and watch Alex Bass play all season. Because there was, what was left of the window? I only think there was about... It was right at the end, wasn't it? It was right at yeah. the end. And that was not being disrespectful to the club or anything. I was just like, I'd had a taste. You're well, focusing I, on your career, essentially. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I had first-team football at Bradford in COVID and I had it again. And I wanted more first-team football. I didn't want to play in the Cups, just the Cups. No. And I said, well, he said, I'm bringing in blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, if something comes up, I'd like to look at it to go and play football. And it had always been, I love the club. I want to, like, the club were brilliant for me. I feel like I'm finding my feet. But I need to play games. I'm getting older and my mm. games aren't going up. Um, and he was like, okay, that's fine. Um, but then I remember, I can't, like, Rich was chatting to Ryan, wasn't he, in the stand at Warsaw? Which is obviously why you say he was going to go to Hartlepool. Yeah, well, so I don't know if that was the the time <coughs> they had the conversation, but essentially, Richard got told Hartlepool were interested. The it was a bizarre, 
bizarre move, really, wasn't it, Grant? It was a strange one because Ben Killip is very much established number one. Yeah. At Hartlepool. And it was, I think what Richard was saying was, it was a short-term deal to the end of the season that they were looking to take him on. And he was like, no, I I don't want just a short-term deal. I want something longer. And then there was talks of a loan deal, and then that broke down. Yeah. And but but the the thing that sort of not confused us because this isn't a knock on Richard O'Donnell. I think Richard O'Donnell's a great goalkeeper, but the, the establishment that Grant just mentioned about Ben Killip, Richard O'Donnell was told he was coming in as number one, mm. which then asked we were we were sat here when he told those bear man. This is like a year after me and Grant are sat here when O'Donnell tells us, and you see both of mine and Grant's eyes go. <laughs> we didn't. This was new information. Yeah, we were like, we didn't know that. But yeah, so he was going to Hartlepool, and then that broke down for whatever reason. I think they did offer it. They offered him a longer term deal in the end, but it wasn't enough. They, they, they weren't paying him enough to cover the distance that he was travelling. because he's obviously yeah. in Sheffield way, isn't he? He's down Sheffield yeah, way, yeah. and it's it's a long way to go. Um, so yeah, that that was that was looks like the same. A lot of things happened, and that around that game. Then, yeah, it was almost like it all happened in the space of a few days. And then there was there was a bit of uh, Colchester might want you, there might be a loan there or something. And then I just got me a down. I, like I said, I keep going back to it. I used what John Vaughan said to me. Yeah. And I just got me down and just trained my, my bollocks off like and just worked hard. Because then I didn't want anyone to ever accuse me of downing tools or thinking, well, he's not going to play. He's just fucking going to sit here. He's got another year as well, so we don't care. So I like wanted to prove to Derek Adams. I was like, hang on a minute. I've done X, Y, Z for you, like coming back from when I fractured my face early and quickly for you because you wanted a goalie on the bench. And then... Like you've treated me almost like this, and I was just mm. like, "Well, I'm going to prove to you that I'm not just this. I'll get on with it. I'm going to prove in training that I should be playing." Kind of attitude, yeah. and I think that's the best way you have to be. And it's hard, but it was. It's one man's opinion, isn't it? That that picked yeah. the team. And the thing is, two two and a half weeks later, Derek Adams has gone. Isn't it like he, he went well, early yeah. early February, which? But then I think if, we would have been stuck in a predicament of having me, Rich, and Alex Bass. Yeah. Well, if he'd have gone earlier, then you know, if 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 Derek Adams had gone sort of mid January, then your career would be different. You'd probably still be at Bradford. Well, yeah, looking back, I might still be, but yeah. And then I think the Colchester thing. That came up, I think, on a Saturday afternoon. And deadline day was the Monday, I want to say. Mm. And I was trained on the Sunday. It was another, we had another Tuesday game. So I trained on the Sunday at Woodhouse. And I was ringing, I was getting the phone calls to say I was done. And then I drove all the way down to Colchester on Sunday night. And then went easy to decision, there. Easy decision to make? Um, I think my, my decision had been made for me. If I'm being honest, I was not going to play. Uh, I was going to sit on the bench. And I didn't want that. It was a tough decision leaving the club. Yeah. Because 
like I'd, I'd said previous, I feel like I found my feet and I feel like I was starting to grow and grow and and things were turning, results were going well and it was almost like I wanted, you wanted to be a part of it. And I was playing, so it was like fans were all coming in numbers again at Valley Parade. It was like, yeah, this is class. Yeah. And then for then that kind of like overnight to hear what happened and in terms yeah. of like brought him in. So it was almost like, well, you either sit here and then potentially lose three months, four months of football and then you don't know where your next year will leave you or you look and think to see if there's an option, an opportunity to go to go somewhere else to to get some games. I don't, I don't think anyone can blame you for doing it. Um, nah. Not at all. It's th- There were a lot of decisions made in that season that... You know, in hindsight, looking back, they weren't the right decisions. You know, Alex Bass came in. We didn't expect a goalkeeper to come in as fans. We don't know where it came from. It, it, it's probably, it surprised us that someone came in as much as it surprised you when, you know, you're on your way to training and you find out that he's he's, he's there. Um, end of the season goes, or comes, you've, you've finished the season over at Colchester. Now, I, I remember I saw a tweet uh, from a Bradford fan who, who bumped into you in the services at the end of the season. No, it was at the. Know. It wasn't at the service. It was at oh, the was Birmingham not? Half Marathon. Oh, it was. Yes, sorry. Yes, it was. Yeah. My girlfriend was running it with two of my mates. So the three of them were doing, and we were stood by the finish. Me and my friend's girlfriends. It was three of us. Yeah. And I like. <laughs> he like looked at me, and he went, Sam, and I like looked, and I honestly I didn't know who he was. It wasn't me being like. Ignorant or anything. <laughs> you're not gonna know. You're not gonna know. I'm, are not, you? I'm not gonna think at a Birmingham half marathon, like from. Bur- I'm from Birmingham, so it was like in my hometown, home city. Sorry, that I'm gonna bump into a Bradford fan. He goes, "He's staying," and I was just like, "What? <laughs> Am I staying where?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like is... really weird. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a funny moment because like my friends. Uh, girlfriends was next to me, and they were like, "What? What did he just ask you?" How did he let you know he was a Bradford fan in the end? Did he pull his trouser leg up and show you his leg tattoo? Because that's what they normally do. No, I think he said, "Are you going to come back to Bradford, or are you going to? What are you going to do about Bradford?" Or that it was something along those lines. I think you then you you said you've got another year, didn't you? At that point, I said, "Yeah, I think I said oh, I've got another year. I'll see see what happens or what." What, what, how it pans out. And the summer comes, and how does that, how does the move to Colchester come? Because obviously, like you say, you've had a year left of your contract. Were yeah. you, was it, because transfers in League Two work, work differently to, to, to obviously higher up. You kind of hear a little bit more about them in terms of what they entail. Down in League Two, you don't hear as much as always. If there's fees involved, it's always undisclosed. Sometimes you don't even hear what's going on. But you obviously left Bradford. Were you were you released from Bradford and then signed for Colchester, or did Colchester come to Bradford to try and bring you in? How, how does um, that work? So the first day, the report day of it was in the summer. I'll be honest. I think the clubs were trying to get something sorted in. At the back end of the summer or like they'd asked me my opinion on it um and i i just could i couldn't commit to what was 
personal terms, whatever, I couldn't move down here with everything. My girlfriend, like, moved, basically moved my life down here. I couldn't do it at what was getting offered or how it was first put to me. And it went really quiet over, I'd say, a month. Well, two and a half weeks period. And then the report date for Bradford came back and I got a message. And I turned up first day of pre-season. And a few people, staff and players, turned to me and went, what are you doing here? As if to say, like, we didn't expect you here. Wow. Like, didn't it? Oh, no, wow. not what are you doing. Um, I didn't expect to see you or something. Some, along those lines. Yeah, like a shock. Essentially a, a shocked reaction. Yeah, and I was like, shit. That's made my kind of <laughs> made my mind up for me of where I feel like I stand. Um, wow! And obviously they brought in Colin Doyle had come back, hadn't he? And then they brought in Harry Lewis yeah. early on in the summer. And when I saw that, I was thinking, well, kind of am I not going to be wanted? But I couldn't not turn up first day of preseason because it wouldn't have felt right with me. I needed to kind of go there and show that I was still I still wanted to be at the club at the moment because I didn't have anything else. I was ready to commit and yeah get down, get to work and, and prove not prove people wrong, but like get back to where I felt like I left when I got took out the team by Derek Adams. If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah yeah. So yeah I was ready to I was thinking right good opportunity. Gonna get backed in the summer. It'd be a good place to be and hopefully I'll get more games or whatever. And yeah, it was a bit like, geez, maybe uh, they've made my kind of mind up for me. And then I only came back for that first day. And then I got a phone call. Well, I saw Ryan in the tra uh, training ground and he just said, oh, I think it's, it's all getting sorted. Um, you don't have to come in tomorrow. And then it was the weekend. He said it will all get sorted over then. And then I, I was down in Colchester on the, uh, the Monday. Well, that comes to this season. Yeah. We're here. We finally got there. Yeah, do you know what? I've loved that. That's the most in-depth conversation <laughs> I've been able to have on this podcast about Bradford because we don't tend to cover Bradford because um, we're massive um, and we don't want to take <laughs> Oh, over. you had to put that in there, didn't you? <laughs> the Swindon fans are going to be all over this. Yeah, Sw Swindon fans text me a lot. and Every time they win, they just go, Liam, Swindon are massive. And that's, that's all I get from Swindon fans. Um, but Bradford are massive. I should, I should have messaged you last week after Hartlepool won and went Hartlepool are massive. Yeah, but Grant, we don't lie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, do you know what? I like Hartlepool. There's not many clubs in this league that I don't like. I actually really like pretty much all other clubs. There's just two clubs at the minute that I'm... One club that I'm in a dispute with, so I don't dislike them, but I'm unhappy with them, and that's Walsall. And the other one that I just outright dislike is Carlisle. And the thing is, Sam, I can't even tell you for the life of me why I dislike Carlisle. It started as a joke, but then Carlisle fans really took it seriously. So now there's just a general dislike of Carlisle. I think we're going to see Doncaster, but... No, no, the, the club, I don't mind Doncaster. I just, the, the, the fans do my Um So, Colchester, this season, it's it's been a difficult one, hasn't it, this season so far? I think it's fair to say on the, on the pitch, it's not been what you'd have wanted but you you look at it and you you see some of the, the games that you've had you've not been I can't think of the, 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 
it's been very cl- a lot of the games have been very close. Even the like the losses have been one goal losses. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, been that you've been getting trounced week in week out. You, you touch do wood. touch touch wood. Yes, crew crew coming up this weekend. Yeah. Uh, lovely place to go is crew, and um, <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, people watching are going to be like, I don't get it. Um, so how's how's the, the the morale how does how does it affect the morale when you're in the position that you're in like what's the atmosphere like going into a game like crew this weekend do you prepare for it any differently the further into i don't want to say trouble that you get but when you're in this position the harder or the further behind you kind of fall does it get difficult to to prepare do you have to constantly change how you do things or is it do you have a game plan you're still going to stick to it and you know that that will work eventually yeah, I mean, there's what, 87 points still to play for, I think. Yeah. If I'm correct. 87 points is so many games and so it's much. Winning the league. To, so much football still to play. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel like we are where we are now. That's a fact. Yeah. So sticking to, to what we know, this new, uh, new manager's come in, he's got his ways. Uh, we stick to his process and his, ter- his kind of how he wants us to work. And I f- feel like you have to because, like I just said, there's 87 points still to play for. You p- go on a good run. You don't know where you're going to end up in, in League Two. And yeah. there's so many good teams. And I think the teams are quite, like you said, there's been some close results against some big clubs and some good teams. I feel like our yeah. fixtures at the start of the season if you look at the teams we've played and where they are now in the league, there have been some really tough games. I feel like we've had a tough start, but now it's time to roll our sleeves up, work even harder Monday to Friday, and then and then if we keep doing that, results will, will take care of itself. Yeah. I think I think for you guys, looking at it, you know, looking at the goals against, so you've conceded 25 goals this season, but you look up the table and you've you've got you know, Mansfield sat in ninth, who've conceded 23. So it, it's not like, like I say, you, you're not leaking goals. You're just maybe not as clinically in front of goal as you, you, you need to be. Um, for you, when you look at this and you, you think of the games that are coming up, do you look any further ahead of this Saturday? Or do you look at this Saturday and that's entirely, you're not looking beyond it. We'll cross that next bridge when we get to it. Is it a case of stepping stones when you're in this position, yeah, I think you you can't you can't look too far ahead because, like I said, there's so much football still to play in this in this season. Um, we've got a game, we've got crew on Saturday, so it's a big game. Like any game is, and we've all just got to look forward to to playing and and performing well. Because like when we went on that run when I was at Bradford, you just take each game as it comes, and suddenly you've built up a 13 game, yeah, unbeaten streak. For example, do you know what I mean? You can't look too far ahead, but then you can't look too far back. So you've just literally just got to focus on that that game and, and take one at a time. And then if you're working hard Monday to Friday, you know you're putting the, the hard work in on the training ground, then your rewards will come on the Saturday because you'll replicate what you've done during the week in a positive way on the Saturday. How much do you look at other teams' results after the game and go, oh, like yesterday, for example, you see Rochdale pick up three points. How much do you look at those results and go, for fuck's sake, man? I'll be honest, I don't at the minute. 
I, I have a like a quick scan of of results, but results are results, aren't they? At the end of yeah. the day, if we win, anything else is irrelevant. As mm. as simple as it as it sounds, we can't control anything other clubs do if they score in the last minute or. <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? If they concede in the last minute, that's that's them. So I don't think you can until it I don't know, until the business end of the season, like people say, is is when you look at maybe other results, but at the minute there's there's no point doing anything other than focusing on ourselves. Yeah. So leading up to a match day, for me, you mentioned earlier on, I don't know if it was on here, if it was before we started recording, you mentioned um players WhatsApps WhatsApp groups. What's a player's WhatsApp group like leading up to a match day? And can we get it. added? Do <laughs> <laughs> you know what you should do? So just add me and Grant into a WhatsApp group, add every professional footballer you know, and then leave. And then we'll, just, <laughs> we'll just watch the chaos. and I, I'll change my name to something insane and pretend that I am the uh, Ukrainian centre forward who scored 87 goals in my last season and I'm looking at coming to a League 2 club and see how many of them try to get me in. I'll change um, my name to Mike Fondop. Mike, oh, we love Mike Fondop. Um, so yeah, I go, think go, here, yeah, here's just admin side, really, because you have to put your ticket requests in and stuff like that. So, honestly, honestly like here at this at Colchester, the, the WhatsApp group is timings, that we're in in the morning. Oh, the the uh, plan of the day. Sorry, so in the morning we'll get a plan of nine forty-five breakfast, quarter past ten, pre at half ten, uh, meeting out on the grass at eleven, stuff like that. So I wouldn't. It's very. They're becoming quite more administrative groups than I would say. Mm. What you what you think they are? They are just, groups. <laughs> yeah. There's a time and yeah. a place for for. A, for a group of like to have a, a, a crack in a joke, but yeah, they are especially here now that where we and we need to just just get our heads down and, and work hard and uh, and then and then pick up some results. Well, you were speaking of picking up results. You earlier this season you beat Bradford one nil. Um, did that for you kind of give you a little bit of was it was it extra for you? Did did it mean a lot more? To get that victory because you know you, you kind of come in like you say at the beginning of the pre-season it was it was as if to say you know didn't expect to see you so you in a way kind of forced into a move that you may not necessarily not not that you didn't want to move to colchester but you know that you were willing to stay and fight you weren't given the opportunity to do so so was that result a bit sweeter for you than most um I don't know. It was it was a weird one. I couldn't because I kind of wanted to. Because like you've just said, I didn't feel like I was given. I feel like I was given an opportunity under the current regime that is at the club. Um, because I don't think <coughs> the manager saw me play. Really, I think maybe the first mm. time he saw me play was against them. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I could be completely wrong, but that is, as far as I'm aware, I don't know what he how he yeah. knew of me. I think he saw me on loan and then that was it, kind of. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a bittersweet kind of result because obviously I was at the club for, and I, I, I made some good relationships with players and, and some of the staff that were there. So it was good to see everyone. But at the end of the day, I was there yeah. to try and keep the ball out of the net for Colchester United against 
Bradford City, so I'm going to try and do my job to the best of my ability, aren't I? So, hundred percent save ratio in that game. <laughs> yeah, I made a few a few saves, so yeah, it was uh, it was nice. But then it was nice to to see the fans like I get a bit of a clap at the end, like kind of like put my thumb up to them, said thanks. And I and think then... that's the big thing for them that the fans do appreciate it. The fans yeah. appreciate. Obviously, we don't know what goes on behind closed doors, but we knew that that wasn't. Uh, you know, it came out of nowhere. You 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 wouldn't have left off of your own back. No, you know, no, that, I that feel wasn't like I thing. was. I'm not going to say like. I don't. I just don't feel like the. I was given this season an opportunity, but yeah. look, football moves on, doesn't it? I think like do Harry's done very do. well there. Like he's hit the ground running, he's made some big saves and, and the club are, are up the top end of the division, so they've Harry made that call and it's saves. I, yeah. genuinely, like, it's, I say this to Grant all the time, like, it's it's a bizarre situation, is Harry. I love, he's, he's an infectious character as well, and I think you know the fans have really taken to him, but I've never heard a Bradford fan have a bad word to say about you, and that's that's unusual for because goalkeepers can usually be made the scapegoats. Richard O'Donnell was made a scapegoat by Bradford fans for a long time. He mm. was the scapegoat, but never never a bad word about you, and that's that's a testament to you and the fact that you did just sort of get your head down and and try and get back in, and you know you had it taken away from you. It wasn't that you lost your form and then were dropped and then went out on loan. You were you were in form. You were playing. You'd got yourself in the team, and then you you sent out. Nothing you can do, but look, yeah, we, I, don't, we... oh, I don't feel like I ever. I feel like I was. I, I played well for the club. That's the the more frustrating thing. It was. It was. Yeah. It was. It was a hard one to take when, in that aspect, because it was like, I gave me all, and I don't think, like you said, I didn't lose form there. It was just kind of a sequence of events that happens in football that you have to kind of roll with because it's it's this industry that we're in. Yeah. Well, look, we're uh, we've got some questions for you now. <laughs> okay, so I like, I, I like this. So this is this is some soccer AM style. But do you like do you remember old school soccer AM when they used they used to interview players like back in the day, and they used to ask some some weird questions. We're going to do the same for you. <laughs> so and here we're we are. Grant's going to ask him, so I don't get sued. Sam Hornby on his Colchester United teammates. So, question up. Here we go. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> this is time for you to dish the dirt on some players, Who's the right? Worst dressed in the team. Worst dressed? Um... Or the worst fashion sense. Who's yeah. got the worst fashion sense? I think fashion's gone everywhere, though, isn't it? Left, right, and centre at the minute. So, I don't think there's like everyone's just completely different. Yeah, but there's still no room for flip flops and socks. So Crocs and socks now, though, isn't it? No, there's no room for Crocs and socks. There's no all about the Croc life. No, there's no room for Crocs. I'm a Birkenstock and sock, and that comes in for a lot of slack of football. Right, so you're the worst dressed. For my footwear, and because I live literally a stone's throw from the training ground, I walk to training in the morning. (laughs) I just go for comfort levels of Birkenstocks and socks. Bang into training. <laughs> Who's the best dressed at the club? Best dressed. He's uh, Luke him, he's... I like Luke Hannant's got a bit of gear, nice gear. Luke Chambers. Um, it's easy Cole to be Scoosh. positive, isn't it? It's easy to be Cole positive Scoosh about them. Very um, sophisticated dress sense. 
Uh, who thinks they're the best dressed at the club, but they're not? Uh, big John Akindi. <laughs> I love how there's just no, no hesitation whatsoever. Because yeah, um, he comes... No, yeah, Big John. <laughs> Who's the worst dancer? Oh, God. I, won't, I genuinely won't be able to comment on that. because you not. Uh, I mean, you've told us about you. You are? You've told us about you. Oh, yeah, I'm not very... I'm stiff as anything. I need to have a few drinks, and I'm still probably even stiffer than then when I drink, if I have a drink and have a dance. <laughs> oh, I know what's coming. Who's the drama queen? Oh, that's a drama good one, queen. Yeah. yeah. Hannah, Luke... again, I think. Luke Hannon loves a bit of, like, oh, a bit of exaggeration if he gets a knock or, like, you know, if he gets one in the balls, he'll, like, oh, he'll be screaming for hours. He'll be stuff like that. <laughs> Who's got the worst haircut? Um, Alex Newby's had a good few bad trims. He's just moved down to the area, so he's trying to find barbers. So he's... <laughs> he's going through them. He's going through barbers. He's going through a lot of barbers, but he's coming in every day and he's having a different kind of... Does he blame the barber each time? I don't know what barbers he's using at the minute. This is just an advert of where to avoid in Colchester. <laughs> And lastly, right, can we just put a disclaimer on this? We, You can answer this in whatever way. This is a bit like Taskmaster, in that you get the question, however you interpret the question, you can answer it. Yeah. Who's the longest in the shower? I knew that was cool. <laughs> um, see... I'll be genuine with this. I didn't think an explanation was coming. No, I didn't. I just thought there's no photos. Um, there is. I just, if I'm done or I'll go into the gym and then I'll walk back. I don't, there's not many people shower, I'll be honest. Because everyone's really local. There's the answer that you didn't want. To be fair, I don't, I don't know. know what answer we did want. This is the thing. We don't really know where we thought that was <laughs> going to yeah, go. Everyone's quite local, so I think it's a case of do your work, do your training, and then everyone just everyone get just home. gets home. Like because we um, we do it wash our own kit and stuff, so there's no like uh, leave your kit here for the kit man or we take it all oh, over. So you, this. you take it, you take it on, wash your own kit and stuff. Yeah, I don't know if they've kept that since COVID. Um, wow. But yeah, we that's a genuine answer. There's not many because like we do it all ourselves. There's a lot just try just like say train, uh, lunch, gym, and after gym just off your pop. So yeah, uh, well, I that's like that. well, there we go. Yeah. That is a diplomatic uh, process. That that is a diplomatic answer. <laughs> <laughs> Not the one that we thought we were going to get, but it's one that Not we'll the one accept. that you wanted either, was it? <laughs> to to be fair, like I say, it's I don't know how we'd have handled it if you'd have answered it that way. Um, <laughs> We'd have probably just started laughing and cut it. <laughs> so now we're now we're able to keep that in. Um, honestly, Sam, it's been great. Genuinely, like, yeah, we could have done this for hours. So, but we obviously we're not going to keep you because we know you like your sleep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, no, I'm fine now with sleep. <laughs> um, well, look, we're uh, Grant. Do you want to walk us out, Sam? Just let you know. When we do end, we don't actually end. It's just the end of the recording. Because we had one yeah. guest who we said, 
thanks very much for coming. And he just disconnected and we've not spoken. <laughs> it's been nearly a year we haven't spoken to him again. <laughs> Grant, take it away. Thank you very much, everyone. Thank you. This has been it's so good to be back recording once again. I um, don't forget, give us a follow on all our socials. I um, don't forget to retweet it, share whatever it is you do to get out to the more people, comment your friends, your family. Just get a few folk listening to it. Don't forget, uh, rate us five stars on Spotify, comment whatever the hell you want. Um, we don't care. It is purely the five stars that we want to get on Spotify to get us back up to that five star level or close to again. Um, Sam, it's been amazing having you on. Thank you very much for being a guest. I'm with us this week. All the best for the rest of the season. I really hope to see you guys claiming back up the league. I'm everyone. We have been the number league. <laughs>